Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Labor Day. I know we've got a few of us gone and kind of out and about and doing last end of the summer kind of travels. Some of you are here because of Labor Day. There's one of us who has moved way, way, way close to hell in Tennessee. And he is back in town. Our very own Tone is here. Some of you old timers remember Tone. So our people, we're out and about. We've got people coming in. By the way, you know, you can take the boy out of Milwaukee. But look where he comes when he wants to spend his free time. Right? To see me. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So... Labor Day, you know, we, we, it, it, it honors the American workers. It started in New York City. There was a, a protest, and, and this is, gets the credit for the most part of the first Labor Day event. A bunch of people walked out unpaid, and they, they had a big march, about 10,000 people. Um, but we know it now is something to really honor American workers. And we know it's really, and if we look at it in its most simple way today, we know it's a day of accountability in a lot of ways. It's a day that really recognizes accountability for the American worker. It's the, we kind of use this time to remember the 40-hour work week was done for the American worker. And we kind of start to look at benefits or time off or vacation time. We're not working six days a week, maybe five days a week as part of the 40-hour work week. So there was an accountability for American workers back then. And we needed it. Now, I don't want to go into the politics of it today. I'm sure some of you have views one way or the other. But we recognize that the Labor Day we have today had an origin that, in a lot of ways, America really needed its impact. Are you with me? Anybody opposed to a 40-hour work week? We want to go back to a 60-hour work week. We're doing okay. All right. I mean, we could do a 60-hour. So it just got me thinking. And this really fits in with this whole Series that we've been kind of plowing through, but it just got me thinking about our own accountability. Here we have this day that remembers accountability for the workers, but what about our accountability? And accountability for a believer is nothing new. If you've been around the scriptures at all, you know it's nothing new. Go ahead, Brad. Let's fire up the first slide here. It's built into our very relationship with the Lord. If we give our life to the Lord, even if we don't actually, there's an accountability for us. Uh, Romans 14, 12, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. You know, this word account, do you know what it means? It, it's like, it means essentially to be on trial of. We really have to represent ourselves. It's not a suggestion. It's going to happen. Uh, obey your leaders, for they will, have to, they will have to give an account. I have to give an account for you. Please make it easy for me. Jeremiah 17, 12. Uh, the Lord will search a heart and test the mind. So the concept of accountability, the concept of accountability also in Hebrews 4. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of whom we must give an account. So the very idea of an account is not anything new for us. In fact, when Jesus came, he modeled accountability in, in having that accountable conversation with his disciples. Go ahead, let's look at the next one. We're just going to kind of burn through some of these. We see this modeling. Matthew 18, there's an accountability of a type where Jesus calls out to disciples, hey, hey, what's going on? The storm's not going to be so bad. He has to correct them, or gently he guides them to say the storm's not so bad. It's not going to be bad. Trust me, I got it. You've you got to have some more faith here. Mark 16, he shows up in the house after the resurrection. He said he was going to go. He said he was going to die and come back. 
And he did so, and he showed himself to some people, but even then, not everybody believed him. He showed up and said, what do you need? What's the problem here? What else do you need to believe? I'm using, I'm paraphrasing. So we see this model of accountability. By the way, Peter really took this on a chin a lot. Poor Peter. He, he had more discussion, discussions with Jesus about, about things that uh, he could be doing differently. You know, Peter cuts off the ear of a man. I always thought this was, this was an interesting idea. So Jesus is, this is just before Jesus is taken off. Uh, Judas brings his, the bad guys to take Jesus off for the resurrection. And Peter does a nice thing. He's going to stand up for Jesus. So he takes his sword out and cuts the ear of guy off. You know, he cut off the ear of, of, a, of the high priest slave. The slave. Why couldn't he have gotten the high priest, you know? He got the slave. I just... I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, and she said, yeah, but that's the guy who Jesus got to touch. The slave did really well for himself, didn't he? Peter, come cut off my ear. I want to see what Jesus has too. Anyhow, little guidance. All through, we know even at one point, uh, second from the bottom, I'm sorry, uh, the last one, Peter and his dietary issues, uh, Paul was the one who got in and had the accountability discussion with Peter to straighten that out. So all through scriptures, when, all through the concept of accountability is baked into what we do. I mean, it's baked into us. Any of us who've been around the Lord or any of us who have any interest in being around the Lord have to think about our accountability to the Lord or to each other. But have you ever noticed... How many believers don't like accountability? Anybody ever notice that? Accountability is as popular as a cold. It's really easy until we have a disagreement. Then it gets really hard, true? Oh, I'm super accountable until you tell me something that I disagree with, and then I say, meh, that's enough of that. Recently, I had somebody tell me why denominations were the best thing since buttered bread. This is the truth. And uh, they don't go to church here. They, they, but they wanted me to really know why denominations were so great. And I said, why are denominations, I took the bait, why are denominations so great? Because there's a strong sense of accountability in the denominations. You see, Jim, what happens, and, and this was the mode. Do You see, Jim, what happens is, if there's a disagreement in the denomination, or in the congregation, the denomination comes in and fixes the disagreement. What was my response? What? Let me tell you why that's not true. How many groups of Lutheran congregations are there? How many denominations of Lutheran denominations are there? Factions of Lutherans are there? And then within the three, how many are there? You know what I'm saying? There's like a liberal within the three. There's a conservative within. There's, there's different extremes. How many Baptists are, groups are there? <laughs> Ryan said, only one, Southern. There's Southern and American and this and this and this and this. You get the idea? Every time, and I'm not picking on those two, two denominations, every time somebody has a disagreement within a denomination, if, if they have to choose if they like what's being told to them, and if they don't, what do they do? They form a new one. That's not accountability in a denomination. So accountability for believers sometimes can be really difficult. And why is that? 
Why is it so difficult sometimes for believers? So I was just guessing on this. I came down with a few theories. It Maybe it's embarrassing. If I do something that is not all that great, and you have to come tell me that I did something that's not all that great, I might be embarrassed. If I have to tell you that you do something that's not all that great, you might be embarrassed. Is that true? Or uh, there could be a fear of rejection. Maybe a feeling of giving up individuality. Oh, great, I have to do things like everybody else. Or, you know, maybe, that, maybe that's a challenge. What about this? The primary focus of accountability starts to turn negative. Have you noticed that? If I, if you, if I come and tell you what you're doing wrong, and we, we labor on that negative thing for weeks and months, and that becomes our primary focus of discussion, we miss everything that has to do with grace. We only focus on that one negative thing. And our walk with God is so much more. Have you ever known anybody, all they do is focus on their troubles? I'm so bad. I can't do it right. Woe is me. Our walk with God is much bigger than those troubles. Sometimes we pull ourselves up and we just move on. Accountability in certain situations, can be nothing but a focus on the bad. What about this? The relationship with the teller. Let's say somebody who doesn't know you very well goes up to you and tells you something that you need to do to watch it, to take care of yourself, to improve yourself, anything that's accountable. And they walk, and remember, if they don't know you very well, and they walk up and say, yeah, I just want to tell you about an observation I made about your life. Do we listen to them? We don't, do we? We go, oh, thank you so much. Who are you? <laughs> we don't listen. It's hard for us, I should say we don't, but it's hard for us to listen when we don't know people. What about the, the speck and log concept? Somebody comes to you and they tell you um, about an issue in your life, but they have the same issue. Believers know this speck and log concept. We hear it. It talks about Matthew. You know, if you approach a brother and they have a problem within their life, be sure that you, take the, you don't have that same issue in your life. It's okay for us to judge, by the way. I just want to be really clear. The scriptures give us green light. We can judge. Accountability is based on judging. Don't you think? It's all right to judge. There's a right way to judge and a wrong way to judge. Motives, we can't judge motives. Jim, I know why you did this. No, you don't. Why don't you ask me why, and I'll tell you why. Even then, I might not be right. We can't judge motives. You don't know why I did what I did, but we can judge actions. So somebody who has a speck, and log, I'll give you an example of a lady I used to work with. Before I had started at this company that I was at, uh, this woman came in, and she was fairly high-ranking, and she sat down with the team, and she said, team, I know that you're unhappy with this problem that happened, so I'm here for you to tell me, just as a team, dump all of your complaints on me. I'm going to take your complaints confidentially to a higher-up, and then um, we're going to see if we can make sure that never happens again. So the team dumped. I started the company, and I'm there for just a couple months, and this higher up walks into a room and she sits down at the table, not the one that took the complaints confidentially, the higher up. 
She sits down at a table and she said, I know about all you. I know what you said. 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 So in other words, that lady that confidentially took all the complaints went to the higher up and said all the names. She didn't keep it confidential at all. She ratted everybody out. So later, later on, the same lady that took the complaints was asking to be part of another confidential experience. <laughs> you can imagine my response. No. Sometimes, you know, when it's hard to be, walk in an accountable way with somebody when they're telling us the things we do wrong, but they're doing the same things. You with me? It is hard to walk in accountability. Really hard, actually, to walk in accountability. So the point of this message is actually a little bit more than accountability, but I want you to stay with me on this. As we consider accountability, we have to think of the very first, or let me say, that one of the most prolific mentions of accountability in scriptures. We, the classic accountability relationship uh, and let's just take a peek. We're going to read what sets it up, and then we're going to read the establishment of the accountability. Go ahead, Brad. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, so David kills Goliath. He's a boy. This is kind of his coming out moment as far as uh, being a hero. So as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, the king with the head of the Philistine in his hand. So David, this young guy is carrying Goliath. This is like fresh in the scene. Uh, and Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? And so David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. And we read on. This is a, the very next verse. It starts a new chapter, but it's the next verse. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Jonathan is, David, is, Jonathan is Saul's son. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day. Saul took David that day. would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he had loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor and his sword and his bow and his belt. What started the accountability relationship? David stepping out. David did something new, didn't he? David did something new. And that's really what got the ball rolling. We saw no connection until David did something new and David's talking to, to Saul. We do things in our life. We have step out moments and we do something new. And often it's important for us to have an accountability relationship that mirrors that new step. If I'm going to be a pastor of the church and step out and do something new, I had better have an accountability relationship with the elders so they can tell me if I'm crazy. If I, if I step in the role of being a pastor here and I don't have any accountability to our elders or anybody else, we have a problem. I'm just going to be winging it, aren't I? If we step out and do something, if you step out and do something new, you should have an accountability relationship that mirrors that. Otherwise, you're winging it. If you want no accountability, do nothing new. By the way, this is totally an aside. Have you noticed how many light bulbs burnt out, burn out around here? It's like the paparazzi. I'm worshiping, and all of a sudden it's really dark. The light bulb in front of me is out. And there's a couple out back there. 
I'm not, I'm not sure if I think it's really cool to see the popping or if I think it's really a downer to have darker lights. We should have a vote later. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not going to vote. But if we're going to do something new, we have to have an accountability that mirrors it. We might not like to hear from other people and how we're doing with what we do, but we need to have it done. It's clear in the scriptures that accountability is there. By the way, this is a good time to say this. There are some things that there's not much gray on. Sin is an example of something there's not much gray on. The types of accountability I'm talking about now is a stepping out and a stretching out and trying something new. So, stepping out is a new step for accountability. There's another step for accountability. There's love. If there's going to be an accountability relationship that works, there's got to be a relationship. There's got to be a love. Every now and then, somebody will come in, and they're not part of us, or maybe even at Beth Messiah, they're not part, they're first-timers, and they'll come in and tell us everything we're doing wrong. I have a pat response. I'm going to tell you what it is. You ready? I don't know you. That's code for, I don't care. I know a lot of things I'm doing wrong already. I sure don't need you, a stranger, helping me. We've got to have a relationship and it has to be based in love. Our accountability must be driven in love. Let's look at the next slide here, Brad. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, now this is a sin call out, you who are spiritual should help restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself, lest you not be too, uh, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love God, love others. We read uh, 1 Peter 4. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. This is a, I love this verse. Strategically, it says, look, people mess up. If you love them, you'll get over it. You'll just get over it. Have you ever had somebody say something to you? They think they're saying something really helpful to you, and it turns out to be like a battering ram. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, that wasn't really good. Never do that again. And inside you're going, oh, but if you love them, you're going to get over it. You got to love them first. Don't wait for the, don't wait for the, them to say nice things before you love them. You got to love them. If we're going to hold each other with accountable, uh, hold each other accountable, we have to walk in the idea of a proper relationship of love. We must do it. If I'm going to step out and try something new, if you're going to step out and try something new, you're going to need some guidance. And if I'm going to step out, I'm going to need some guidance. And I need people to speak into my life just like you would need people to speak into your life. Not Lord over me, but to speak in my life. Real wisdom, real perspective. If you want to grow in the gifts of the Spirit, if you want to grow in the gifts in your life, there must be an accountability to that. And it's got to be an accountability based in love. It's got to be an accountability that's proper. We can't be running around, winging around, telling everybody what to do all the time. That's not it. It's in love. It's with them in mind. It's not with us in mind. Are you with me on this? Accountability is not a bad thing. It's actually a very sweet thing. Sweet thing. It's a very good thing. When it's done right, when it's done love, when it's done lifting up the other person, when it's done in that agape love. Sometimes accountability can sting. I've had some accountability corrections 
that were actually very appropriately done, very well done. I don't like them anyway, but I got to deal with it. And it's not my chance to bail and find a new church. You know, this is a, I just want to say this. If I left this church every time somebody told me something I was doing wrong, I would leave almost every Sunday. It's true. Some of you know what I'm talking about. If you left this church every time you heard something wrong in your life, you'd be like, what am I? You, <laughs> I'm just going to stop there. That's pretty good preaching, right, Dad? All right, please stand up. What's our point today? Point today is very, very simple. You want to move forward? If you want to try something new, be accountable. My mom is great. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord God, we do look to you to move forward in our lives. We recognize there's an accountability aspect of that. That we, If we're going to move forward, we need to be coachable and teachable, and we need to hear, help us, Lord, help us to do these things. Holy Spirit, do your thing in our lives. We just very much are looking to grow in all that you have for us, Lord. Thank you for everybody here. I pray for blessings on this group, on this family that you pulled together. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. And there is a true peace that comes with proper accountability. There really is. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.